0: I'm Tanner Scott and you are listening to Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. Tyler Lieber, COO at Coconut VA joins me this week to talk about building a successful CEO COO relationship. Tyler defines the roles that a CEO and COO take on within a startup, as well as share some of his personal experiences when it comes to building and maintaining that relationship. If you've ever found yourself wondering what a CEO does, what a COO does, how they work together, the roles that they have, and how to make sure that relationship is really, really strong, finding synergy there, then this is the episode for you. Welcome to the show, Tyler. I'm really excited to have you tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, my name is Tyler Lieber, uh, co founder and COO of uh, Venture Validator and Coconut VA.
0: Awesome, man. So, how did your career get started? What's your story?
1: Yeah, um, in a lot of ways, I don't feel like my career has started yet, just because growing up, you know, I kind of always thought I would start at a big company, you know, start low and then move up the ladder. Um, So when I hear career, that's kind of what I think of. Anyway, but I think it is really just getting started. I I went to college uh, for economics, but then uh, immediately after graduating, I actually went full-time into a startup um, with a guy I met in college. Um, And so I actually, and that startup was Venture Validator. Uh, So I actually started as an unpaid intern with him. I was his first employee basically. And I just found this job posting on a job board. Uh, So I applied, got in, Um, he, so his name's Eric, he's done a, you know, a podcast with you, Um, and basically just a few months in, realized that we really get along well, we really work super well together, Um, and so I just kind of kept moving up in the company, I became a paid intern, so that was exciting, (laughs) Uh, and then I, you know, became, I'd say, more of an official employee, Uh, and then soon after that, um, Eric realized he he wanted me as a co-founder uh, so became a co-founder of Venture Validator. We grew that, built that for the past uh, three years, and then just recently started uh, Coconut VA together. Um, so we're also co-founders in Coconut VA.
0: That's an awesome story, man. I think it just goes to show how how important it is to pick your first hires really, really wisely, but also... It just goes to show how big of an opportunity you can have by working for a new startup. Now, sure, it's risky, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of startups fail, but, you know, getting in early, I mean, just opens the door for so much opportunity down the road, as as you would probably agree.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'd say even like making decisions quickly. So Eric actually did make a hire before me, um, but pretty early on, I think he only worked for a couple months, maybe um, realized the fit just wasn't very good, and that's kind of when he started looking, uh, and then that's when I came in. Um, but yeah, it's a definitely, you know, just making decisions quickly, because I actually went on with a, a different startup for a couple days and realized that it just wasn't the environment for me, uh, and then found Eric, and that's been super fruitful.
0: So, you know, going back to who you were as a person back then when you were, you know, looking for startups to work for, and you found uh, Eric... You know, what advice would you give to yourself at that point in time?
1: Yeah, my my biggest advice, uh, I feel like most people say this, like looking looking back on their college years is just network more like the classes and courses I took um, during college, like very little of that helps me in my day to day, uh, you know, work. (laughs) But the connections I made back in college are, you know, it's worth their weight in gold, basically. Um, and I didn't realize that, you know, I focused more on class and like, you know, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm at college to go through these courses and get a degree. Um, but looking back, I would say like, no, your goal is to like network. Like you're around all of these people that, you know, are seeking education. So they're proactive people. They're smart people. Um, you know, all of these people are going to go on to do great things. So it's going to be so much more valuable if you have all of these connections. Um, and another piece of advice I would give is is, you know, start figuring out what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Um, And as you network, find people that can make up for your weaknesses. Um, Like, that's exactly what, you know, Eric and I feel like about each other is we each have these strengths, but we, you know, everybody has weaknesses, but we feel like we kind of complement each other. Uh, And that's really, I think, what you should be looking for.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's really, really important. And I think you made a good point about networking in college, because, that's something that I also wish that I did a lot more of. And at the time, you know, it didn't seem like it was important at all. Um, in, Until later in my degree, when I started being surrounded by people within my major, I started, you know, coming out of my shell, if you will. And I made a lot of really good relationships that have helped me get where I am today. But I, yeah. I like you, I wish that I focused on that more. Yeah, definitely. So, what do you think has made you successful, Tyler?
1: Um, great question i I do believe that we we all have different risk tolerance. we all have different um, levels of ambition, I'd say. Um, I'd say what has kind of made me successful is I've been able to as I said naturally, I'm fairly risk averse. I don't like taking risks um, unless I'm really Confident in who I'm working with, or you know, the cause I'm I'm fighting for, and so you know, going back to Eric, you know, I'm very confident in him as kind of a, a CEO, and so because of that, um, I was able to take on more risk, and I feel like you have to take on risk to to really, you know, kind of catapult yourself, you know, further in life, um, and really, you know, we're always challenging each other, but also challenging ourselves, setting goals uh, for each other, setting goals for ourselves. Just working together to become better to become more um so yeah i guess just not being content with where you are um i think you know we're both happy with our lives like i am so happy with my life like you know for the past three years i'm i was extremely poor you know i kept living the college life basically uh the ramen wages but i was so happy because i was working um for more and like being ambitious so it's not that i wasn't happy with myself or where where i was at Um, I was actually very happy because I knew I was working to become better.
0: Yeah. And and that's a good point. Um, you know, I I always like to say it's important to embrace the struggle, right? Yeah. Uh, looking back, you know, during times where you were really struggling and stressed out and uncertain about the future, uh, at the time it sounds, you know, feels terrible, right? Like you can't wait to get out of that situation, but looking back, like man those were the days right
1: yeah yeah very true yeah
0: so so our topic for today is how to build a successful ceo coo relationship so so at coconut va you know what responsibilities what responsibilities fall on you as a ceo coo and eric as the ceo
1: yeah um great question i I think it is different uh, slightly for, you know, different companies, Uh, but largely for us, we, so we've read Rocket Fuel and we kind of go by that philosophy where the CEO is very much the visionary and the COO is very much the integrator. Um, And that's, you know, the roles that Eric and I have kind of fallen into. Uh, So the CEO, Eric, uh, for Coconut VA is very much into the vision, the long-term vision for the company. Um, and more so much more of just the high level of everything not getting stuck in the weeds not getting stuck in the details and that's where he thrives I think that's where all visionaries really thrive um, it's just making patterns making you know deals happen just out of thin air just you know all of this magic stuff that I don't get but visionaries all get and you know they all see these patterns and everything but for me as a CEO I I you know, I buy into the CEO's vision and I say, okay, what can I do to make that happen? Like, what can I do to materialize that vision? And so I think that's really what it comes down to is CEO coming up with the vision and, you know, it it does need to be good enough for the COO to buy into it. But as soon as they do, then they can put their heads down, uh, build it out, you know, stick through the day-to-day minutiae and, you know, making sure all the other employees or, you know, contractors, whoever you have on your team uh, are on board, um, yeah. So that's really kind of how I, I see our two responsibilities.
0: So, you know, I think it's important, like you mentioned that the CEO agrees with the vision and the direction and overall how the CEO is steering the ship, but I'm sure there are also times where you guys don't always agree with that on every page. Right. Right. Um, could you maybe share an example of that and how you guys handle that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't had any huge disagreements, which has been great. Um, we've, we've definitely prided ourselves on just communication. And we we make sure that, you know, if there's anything starting to bother us, we mention that, you know, we don't let it build up into, so, you know, this huge fight or anything like that. And it's, you know, it's so much like a like a marriage, basically, or any relationship, you know, you, you need to communicate often. Um, but, you know, of course, we have had disagreements or, you know, differences of opinion. Um and I think really what it comes down to, I mean, it ties into what we're talking about today is kind of staying with your strengths or, you know, focusing on your strengths, focusing on your role. Um, with Venture Validator, we, in my opinion, we spent too much time building. Um, and I know Eric does agree with me on that. Um, and maybe we remember this differently, but I, I do remember always asking, you know, are we ready to, to start selling it? You know, we're we're building, building, building we're building these great solutions, but are we overbuilding, you know, like we don't have to have, you know, A to Z perfectly aligned. Like we don't have to have everything perfectly built before the first customer walks through the door. Um, and, you know, I think that was kind of my integrator side coming out was like, I don't even know like what issues are going to come up with clients actually come to us, you know? Uh, so, you know, Eric forecasted that and, you know, he, he could see a lot uh, of the future, but we just didn't have enough information. And so, you know, it was, it was tough for us to, to kind of find that balance. But I think if I had been a little bit more confident in my role as a as an integrator, I would have pushed back a little bit more and said, you know, let's just get some more clients in the door. So honestly, that that disagreement, the CEO, you know, he has a strong vision. So he kind of, I'd say, you know, overshadowed my vision a little bit, um, which is, I think, normal. Like visionaries are very confident. They're very type A. And I'd say integrators are typically more uh not submissive but a little bit more laid back relaxed like yeah you just tell me what to do um so there's definitely some give and take where you know the ceo does need to stop and say okay you know what is my integrator telling me and you know it's probably just because he's not fighting for it as hard as i'm fighting for it doesn't mean it's not as important i'd say
0: yeah i think that's a really good point uh so you know, what are, what are some ways to maintain that healthy relationship? I know you mentioned communication, um, anything else you can think of?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, it really is like a marriage or relationship in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, Eric is, I would say probably my best friend, you know, he's also a really good friend. Like we can communicate about almost, you know, pretty much literally anything. And so I would say that's a huge part of maintaining that healthy relationship especially if you are an early stage company or, you know, it's literally just you two guys or girls, you know, whoever it is, if it's just a couple people, then I think you really do need to have uh, a fairly close relationship where you can, you know, get along enough to challenge each other and to uh, sometimes accuse each other, you know, like, Hey, like you've been doing this for a while, or, you know, you've been doing this wrong. And like, that's totally fine. You know, we're, we're doing that to help each other and to, to you know, build that, overall vision um so yeah i'd say you know if you had to narrow it down to one word just that communication
0: yeah and you know going back to what you said earlier about you know matching your partner's strengths with your own weaknesses i i think that's really the recipe for synergy right because you you got to focus on what you're good at and you got to bring people in to focus on what you're not good at right? right and that's how you get that synergy and Ultimately, that's what contributes to a successful startup. Yeah. So Tyler, what do you think most CEOs or COOs are doing wrong when it comes to keeping that relationship healthy?
1: Um, It's a great question. I would say based on, so, you know, Venture Validator and Coconut VA, we work with fairly small companies, startups, uh, you know, sometimes just idea on a napkin kind of companies. So I'd say from what we've seen, they really typically don't have their partner in crime yet. You know, they don't have their COO or they don't have their CEO. Um, And maybe, you know, maybe they don't have anyone at all in that role, or maybe they just don't have the right person. Uh, Like we've, we've seen examples of that where there's a lot of commingling or, you know, the COO kind of thinks he's the CEO and the CEO kind of wants to be in the day to day of the COO. And like that just never works or it's like you said, the synergy, there's not as much synergy there. Um, And so I would say kind of like what you mentioned is that that matchmaking, like spend the time and the effort to find somebody who perfectly fits that role. Um, Just like anything, if you're laying the right foundation, if you're laying the right foundation with this co-founder, which I would highly recommend having a co-founder, you know, you're just going to go so much further.
0: Yeah. And to kind of add on to what you said about, you know, recommending that you have a co-founder, I would agree with that because I went down this path by myself. Mm-hmm. Because I had this selfish mentality that, you know, I want to call the shots. I don't want yeah. to disagree with a partner, but yeah. it turned out to be an enormous amount of work for myself and no one oh, yeah. counts ideas off of. So I, I agree with that. I, I would stress that anyone starting a startup should Have at least one co-founder just to spread the work and ultimately it allows you to grow faster right
1: yeah definitely and i mean there's obviously the huge caveat is because it's a co-founder you know you might have to give up quite a bit of stock and so that just it shows you how much more careful you need to be when choosing that person because i've heard plenty of stories where the co-founder relationship doesn't work out in the long run and they've grown the business and now you know it's actually worth some money their stock is worth some money and so you know some people can get screwed over by their partner eventually. Um, so that's why it's so important at that beginning stage to to choose the right person.
0: Yeah, and ultimately divide the responsibilities equally, right? Right. Um, someone someone that I know went in 50-50 with someone that was just going to manage the books. Wow. <laughs> and and now he he has to buy that person out and you know they're doing pretty high volume in revenue and it's costing him a fortune just to get his ownership back. So I, I would, that, that's really important. You know, if you're going to give up half the equity of your business, make sure it's half the equity worth of work too. Right. So Tyler, what would you say your secrets to scale are?
1: Yeah, my, my secrets to scale would definitely be to know yourself, uh, capitalize on your strengths Um, And like we mentioned earlier, you know, constantly network, find and work with those good, great people um, that make up for your weaknesses. Um, You know, you you can't do everything. Uh, Some, you know, very rare people can, but it's so much easier when you have somebody that you can rely on, bounce ideas off of and trust.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So, Tyler, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience?
1: Um, The only thought I had is um, take the rocket fuel test. It's just an online quiz that kind of tells you if you're a visionary or integrator. That's it. And then, you know, take some personality tests. That's a great way to start to get to know yourself.
0: Awesome, man. We'll we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. Uh, what's a great way for anyone listening to get in contact with you?
1: Um, either go to coconutva.com or just email me uh, at tyler at coconutva.com.
0: Awesome, man. We'll link that up as well. And thank you again, Tyler. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seekers to Scale. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. This episode is sponsored by Ranksey Digital Marketing. If you need any help at all growing your business online, we would love to help you. Just visit our website at That's ranksey.com. That's R A N K S E Y.com.